Welcome to All About Books on NET Radio. I'm your host, Pat Leach, director of Lincoln City Libraries. Today's book, Hidden Valley Road, Inside the Mind of an American Family by Robert Coker, got quite a bit of attention when it was first published, chosen as an Oprah's Book Club selection and included on several Best Books of 2020 lists, including the American Library Association Notable Books List. It's nonfiction about a family of 12 children born from 1945 to 1965, six of whom developed schizophrenia. Author Robert Coker takes this remarkable story and shapes it into a cohesive and surprisingly readable book. I appreciated how the book is structured for maximum clarity. Speaking generally, Coker focuses on just one or a few family members in each chapter. The chapter headings include the full list of the two parents and their 12 children, and those who are featured in the chapter are printed in bold to help the reader get their bearings. Chapters that step back to talk about schizophrenia as a general condition, including research and treatment, have no such headings but do provide a location and year. Typically, those chapters focus on one or two people whose research became prominent and perhaps changed the course of the understanding and treatment of schizophrenia. Even without the presence of mental illness, this would have been an interesting story of Don and Mimi Galvin, married in the early 1940s, he a promising military officer, she an energetic and curious young woman with roots in a wealthy Houston family and an upbringing in New York City. Eventually, they settled in a house built for them in Colorado Springs, where Don had a long association with the Air Force Academy. Mimi ran a structured home with high expectations for all the children. One of the family hobbies was falconry, and in the early days, a hawk or other raptor was always part of the family. They appeared to be a very successful, though especially large, all-American family. Mimi gave birth to ten boys, followed by two girls. The oldest of the children, Don Jr., began showing signs of trouble as he approached adulthood. Eventually, he lived back and forth between home and institutions. His schizophrenia was expressed in extreme religiosity combined with violence. Five of his brothers also began to show symptoms of schizophrenia. One of them eventually killed his wife and then took his own life. Another sexually abused the two daughters for years. The physical fights among the brothers were legendary and resulted in some serious injuries. As the situation for the older children worsened, the younger children who remained at home sensed a clear lack of attention due to their parents' focus on those who were sick. They did not feel safe at home. A friend of their family stepped in to take in the older daughter, Margaret, and that same friend helped her sister Mary also get away from the family. She invited the girls along for many family vacations, like ski trips to Montana. But as Coker notes... Both Mary and Margaret loved the Montana trips, but while for Margaret, Montana was another place where she never truly felt at home, for Mary it was a taste of what life could be like if she didn't have to be home at all. A remarkable aspect of this book is that to some degree, 
all of the siblings still living, spoke extensively with Coker, allowing multiple views of the family's history. Although their family had already died, Coker was able to interview Mimi, the mother, several times before her death, which happened while the book was being researched. I was amazed by how much I enjoyed this book, even though it includes plenty of heartache and heartbreak. Toward the end of the book especially, much of Coker's focus is on Margaret and Mary, the daughters. As an adult, Mary takes on the name Lindsay, and she takes on the work of overseeing her brother's care and treatment. She's very present for the end of her mother's life. Her siblings who do not develop schizophrenia show a range of distance from the family, unlike the closeness that Lindsay maintains. Coker is careful not to judge, but allows them to describe the adjustments they've made, as well as their perceptions of their siblings' responses. A few recent memoirs have me pondering when a story is best told by the people who live the experience and when it may be best to have someone else tell it. The author said this of how he came to write Hidden Valley Road. He said, A mutual friend of mine and Lindsay Galvin introduced us. The family had been talking for years about trying to let the world know about their family story. They knew, first of all, they knew how unique the family was. But also there were many mysteries that they were trying to solve themselves about their family, a lot of family secrets that nobody was talking about. And finally, they decided they needed an outsider, an independent journalist who could take the story wherever it led, that reporter, and they talked to me about it. Coker also puts himself in the story, including his own reactions to what he learns, stepping in to add a note of context here or there. He strikes me as the perfect choice here, managing to balance a family story told by at least 10 people and more with the background information to explain the illness that turned their worlds upside down. He explores how the evolution of research can be seen in how the Galvins were treated. The nature versus nurture debates at first seem to place the blame squarely on how Mimi raised the family. As genetic testing became faster and more thorough, the more current sense developed of a combination of nature and nurture, that is, a genetic predisposition that interacts with one's environment and experience. This new overall picture of the illness includes a spectrum of symptoms and outcomes. Early research with their genetics seemed not to go too far, but as more and more technology allowed for greater genetic research and, again, faster research, earlier samples were able to be reviewed again and the Galvin family was really a gold mine for researchers to try to pinpoint which genes were the ones that led to schizophrenia. It turns out to be not just one place, but several genetic indicators. And this family was able to, by their DNA, help researchers know so much more about schizophrenia overall. In an interview, Coker said of the drug treatments for schizophrenia, I knew very little about it. I did have a lot of preconceived notions. I thought that whatever drugs were treating schizophrenia were working the same sorts of miracles that SSRIs were working for depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder. I didn't realize that they were just symptom suppressors, 
just managing the symptoms of an illness. They weren't necessarily turning back the clock for people. That was a wake-up call for me. In the book, Coker explores how pharmaceuticals impact the Galvin brothers and how the general state of drug development follows the money more than it follows the benefits. Years of going on and off their medicine wreak havoc on its impact and effectiveness. By book's end, I knew a reasonable amount about schizophrenia and had gotten a view into a remarkable American family. While I realize not everyone prefers a book with this intensity, I recommend it generally. There's no escaping the particular challenges of schizophrenia here, but in so many ways, the depth of mental illness in the Galvin family raises questions that apply to all families. Where do I fit? Am I safe here? Who am I when I'm outside my family? What parts of myself are my own? Am I loved? The book is Hidden Valley Road, Inside the Mind of an American Family by Robert Coker, published in 2020 by Penguin Random House. You've been listening to All About Books on NET Radio. Podcasts of this and other programs are available online. Visit netnebraska.org slash radio. For All About Books, I'm Pat Leach. Pat Leach.